Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo Cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a podcast for dreamers. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. It's a podcast for creative people of the comedy variety, and lovers of creation and art. It's not just for the dreamers. It's for everybody who enjoys listening to nerdy conversation. And it's a great episode today. I appreciate you being here to listen to it. You can find out more about the podcast at thereitispod.com. I would appreciate that. And if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, it is really the only way you can listen to it. One of those two. Uh, There's no other way to listen to it currently. But please leave a review and also subscribe to the podcast. And why don't you also, when you go to thereitispod.com, why don't you also go to the support section so I can keep the lights on. There it is, lives in a, a not very expensive house, but it still has, you know, energy bills, mortgage, got to deal with that. Today's guest is improviser and co-founder of Theater 99, Brandy Sullivan, and she is fantastic. We get into a lot of stuff Mostly about improv, but a little bit about coaching and running, not really running a theater, but having a leadership position. It's a very good chat. Here it is, my talk with Brandy Sullivan. This is like the second time I've, I've done this. So, um, hey, novice <laughs> podcaster. Oh, you're doing great so far. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, something you're not a novice at at all is improv. You've been doing that for some time. How did you get into improv? Well, I was a theater major uh, at, at Carolina USC, and um, I was introduced to it there in a creative drama uh, class and re- really just loved it, loved it. And, um, and so, like, the dream became going to Second City in Chicago that that was the thing and right. then i ended up in in charleston and my friend greg tavares who you've spoken with i think before yes he uh <laughs> on your podcast yeah he um he and i became good friends uh near the end of our college career and uh the have not started so i was living here in charleston and then we just started uh doing shows in a festival and Piccolo Spoleto, well, outside of it, because we weren't accepted, but um, we did our own shows, and yeah, that's that's kind of the thing, coming from a theater background, and, and drawn more towards comedy, if you will. And when you were in college doing improv, was it short form or long form that you were introduced to first? I was introduced to the Viola Spolin improvisation for the theater. Uh, that's, Andrea was our uh, teacher. It was in a classroom setting that I was really introduced to it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was the We're Not Your Mother's Players. That was a group that, that met on Friday nights and they would do uh, shows. And there was one time that I got to participate in one of those shows. And it was so scary, but it was uh, so fun. And it gave me the bug of like, ooh, I, I suck at this, but I want to get better. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's that, it's that really good uh, experience of something that inspires you and instead of it discouraging you that you're not good at it it just makes you want to strive yeah it's the juice i guess it's just it just gets in you're like ooh, that's scary but i want to know how to do it right the hunger the hunger the hunger the hunger (laughs) right right yeah i enjoyed watching i learned a lot through watching as well in second city uh, the touring co came through to the Coger Center in Columbia that my senior year, and it just blew my mind. I went to the show by myself because no one knew what it was and and didn't want to go, and so uh, I went by myself and just uh, loved it. I was blown away by it. That's great. I so. wish I had seen the Have Nots when I was in college because you came to my college a couple of times. I went to Winthrop. We're- Oh, yes. Oh, we loved going to Winthrop. We went yeah. to Winthrop a ton of times. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I think having seen 
whose line is it anyway a good bit? And I had maybe just turned my focus into other things at the time. College. Right. It's college. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. But yeah, it was, it, but improv, as you know now, being an improviser, it's, uh, it's such a live experience. And it's amazing that Whose Line was actually able to capture that excitement and spontaneity on video. Because it's right. a really hard thing to, to uh, transfer over to that medium. It is. It is very yeah. tough, especially when you but, incorporate editing video. Uh, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Two camera, three camera shots and all that. Yeah, it's it's, it's intense. It took us years to. Well, we got a We got a couple of promo videos, but it was a real challenge <laughs> to, mm-hmm. you know, parlay that fun into video. For sure. In those early days of learning how to do it and get better at it, which I can't even imagine that you had a time period where you weren't good at it. But how did you (laughs) (laughs) how did you improve? How did what did you do to improve? Well, it was kind of uh, I mean, it was it was kind of baptism by fire. You know, we we learn learn by doing it kind of like, oh, gosh, this is so scary. I'm getting ready to do this. Okay, let's do it. it, it was a lot of that. Um, uh-huh. And also playing in the beginning, we were all, you know, we're and still our great friends. So there was, there was that whole safety in numbers, safety of being in a part of a team that was also, uh, you know, you're able to take the risk and, and jump into the pool, you know? So by yeah. doing, basically we didn't, there wasn't anybody around here uh, teaching classes or there was no improv scene at all yeah and, that and stage time makes a big difference it does it, it did it did for us especially with you know short form it's you know quicker there's also the safety in hey this is a game it's going to begin and it's going to end in a few minutes unlike long form where it's like oh boy we got 30 minutes you know <laughs> <laughs> right so so maybe there's some safety that and also just wanting to have fun we, we had so much fun and um, and trying to make people laugh while doing good scenes. So, so. when you start getting better and you start making some traction, uh, what was your love out of improv? Was it more short form or was it more long form? Or was it kind of a dead heat behind well, your heart? Yeah, you know, uh, well, short form, because that's all we did in the beginning, because we started in 95, mm-hmm. and then we opened Theater 9 in 2000. And I think it was... I want to say here, I'm in our office with all the piccolo posters. Um, in 2003, we um, uh, got introduced to long form. We knew what long form was uh, and, and we're aware of it, but the internet wasn't around. So you couldn't right. watch stuff on the internet. There was nothing on TV, nothing in the movies, obviously. Right. So you know about what's going on. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know it exists and it's this uh, magical thing that's going on in Chicago and UCB was doing it in New York because they started around the same time as us. And uh, we went and when we were on the road, we went and we saw UCB at their uh, one of their old, old spaces um, on a second floor space. And we were like, what is this? And we'd read Truth and Comedy and all Mm -hmm. that stuff, but we'd never been able to like basically touch the ball, you know, play with it. Yeah, right. <laughs> that sounds funny. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. No, um, good. <laughs> so we got uh, so in 2003, we were like, you know what? We love doing short form, but we really we gotta we gotta do long form. And so uh, Bob Dassey, who is an amazing teacher and performer from Chicago, he's in LA now. We asked him to come down. We flew him down, and he spent a weekend with us. Uh, the three of us, me and Greg and Timmy, and just taught us um, the basics of improv uh, through LaRond. LaRond was the first thing that we did. Oh, um, LaRond like, is fun. Yeah, it is. And it's so, it's such a great way to start, too. It's, yeah. It's so accessible because long form could be such a, it can blow your mind in the beginning. And so uh, we, we loved it. And so we, we worked hard. We would do, that's when we started doing in, uh, short form in the first act, and then our second act would be long form. So we're like, hey, let's let's give everybody what they want, which is a lot of fun, short form games, rock and roll, you mm-hmm. know, successful. And then, hey, maybe they'll give us they'll give us some time to watch us uh, fumble through a long form as we <laughs> learn how to do it. So that was kind of, and that's 
how it's evolved into being our weekend shows here is we do we still do short form in the front first act and long form in the second as we used to say we um did short form for the audience and then long form for us but now we do it all for us (laughs) yeah it's all fun (laughs) it's all fun it's It's all all playing with your friends yeah, yeah, for sure. But you just want that audience to hang in there with you. And so finally, we're at a place, you know, we got to a place where it's like, oh, an audience can sit through this. <laughs> yeah. So. One of the things that's remarkable about your performance is just how fast you are and how funny and how fast you are being that funny. What is your process? Oh, Jason. <laughs> Thanks. Well, it's it's the thing, and of course, Justina, who's been on the podcast, and you know her from love her, her time there. Love yeah. her, yeah. She loves you, and she just thinks you're the funniest person. Oh, she's great. I'm so glad that, that uh, first of all, y'all found each other, and that second of all, she uh, is doing improv still. Yeah, she's she's enjoying it. I'm enjoying watching her perform. So we both are amazed at how quick you are. What what is your process? How do you develop that that skill? There was something Greg and I talked about, about your ability as well. Just like, you're that one who's just that funny. Like, is that something that was natural, came natural to you? You know, I, I, I don't know because it's your, your, you know, the, I guess the only way you're funny is if you're funny with your partner, you know? So it's definitely, so for me, it's, it's about trying to make something funny with the person you're on stage with. So I guess that's where my focus is is usually it's not not about me as much as them but dropping in that thing that we talk about here in classes about dropping in to the character because when you drop in the character you're no longer yourself and you're not bringing any uh, any of your personal stuff in you're just playing in this you know make-believe world so i, I think that helps me mm-hmm. is um you know and particularly you know if my if my mother's out in the audience you know, I I don't feel bad about what happens because I'm like, that was a character that wasn't, you know, that wasn't me saying the F word. So you have um, some sort of leeway. <laughs> yeah, I think that that I think that's the the fun of it is is dropping in and, and being in that uh, being in a character and, and going with it that yeah, way. You, does that make sense? It does. And you mentioned dropping the f word of your mom's in the audience oh that's the character <laughs> i have that sort of experience too because when i do stand up it's a clean act but in improv that's where you might find me using some sort of cuss word or something <laughs> like that and you never know yeah and there'll be like some church friend of mine in the, in the audience i'm like hey it's, oh, just, boy. it's just the uh it's just the character it's oh just, yeah uh, exactly that's oh, what yeah, i was endowed I with i had to say it they're okay with it, right? <laughs> no one has complained. <laughs> I haven't been good, excommunicated, good. but we're not a Catholic church. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I guess it won't happen. Good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because you never know what's going to happen. And and to go back to your question, another th- thing in terms of like being able to be fast, as you say, or, or uh, quick. For I've and I've been using this a lot in um, the level one classes because I love teaching level one classes. Um, here at the theater where people like, you know, first get um, introduced to it. Mm-hmm. And that's, it, it's a, it's a theory. Like I just say that there's a relaxed focus, like where you're relaxed enough to receive information, like to really be able to hear, but you're, but you're still laser focused, kind of like jumping on mm-hmm. the balls of your feet mentally, you know, you're there, but you're relaxed enough to receive. And I think that's a that's a big part of it because otherwise your your mind clock gets a tra- gets a traffic jam inside, right. and you can't the interstate can't flow. So being able to and and Greg and I have talked about this a lot, and um and he actually said it's like everybody's got to find their own way to find that relaxed thing, whatever, because everybody's different. Like whatever it is that makes you get to that relaxed place, yet still focused. Yeah, is, um, that's such a that's such a tough thing to develop because you you two are absolutely right. Everybody's different, so it's hard to tell somebody what it is they can practice or do to get better at that. And that's something sometimes I am relaxed in the moment and and just playing with my friends and not in my head. And then other minutes I'm totally uh, in my head and not at all relaxed. There is some right, sort of right. 
immediacy that comes with being relaxed. There's mm-hmm. there's no hesitancy, which you need in improv and, yeah. and stand up yeah. as well. Just in comedy yeah. in general, you need to be able to react instantly and instinctively. But it's yeah. just so hard to get to that place, and it's and it is it's almost it's almost like it's contradictory where you are being yeah. laid back, but you're pushing too. You're working. Hard. Yeah, exactly. It's it is it is a fine it's a fine line because that's why that's why I just call it relaxed focus again. Relaxed, but so you're relaxed, but you're still like I said. I think of it like on the balls of your feet, like at you know on the on the. The, what is it? The tennis, the baseline there, you know, mm-hmm. waiting for a serve to come at you. You know, you're relaxed enough to hit the ball back, but you're definitely you're ready. Do you know what I mean? Because the, the best the best scenes you have are when you are relaxed. If you mm-hmm. go back and analyze them, they're usually not fearful scenes. Yeah, you, you weren't know, in your head a ton. Yeah. Right. It's they, the difference it feels, between. It's, it's like the difference between being focused on paying attention and paying attention. There's this very fine yeah. line. Yeah, it is. It is, and that takes time. I think. I think that, you know, you do enough good scenes using that concept, however it works for you. You mm-hmm. do enough good scenes, like you're like, wow, let's let's do that again. Let's do that again. Um, and then there are times where you know there are slumps where you're like, God, it's just not popping. You know, it's just um, what's what's going on. It's not doesn't feel right. But I think that's just you know. You do improv long enough, you're going to have some ups and downs, some days where you're just like, ooh, that's not, I'm not firing in my brain. Right. You know? Right. Is yeah, there but you can't anything... beat yourself up for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. You can't beat yourself up yeah. for that at all. Is there anything you're teaching your students so that they can have that relaxed focus and be on the balls of their feet? Um, you know, my thing is, is uh, I don't have a thing specifically to tell them, I just, I, I, I definitely talk about relaxed focus because that's kind of my jam. You know, I, I, I try to share that, but how I hope that it um, transfers into their technique or whatever is by them doing scenes. And then after the scene that goes really well, going, really going through it, like, how, how did you feel during that? You know, like, weren't you, you were totally relaxed. You were, you could see that you were like able to hear your partner and you, it, it looked effortless that you responded. You know, you were completely right. altered by them. and re- So by letting them succeed and really uh, giving positive reinforcement, like, that's what I'm talking about. See how that felt? That felt great. Because everybody has to experience And once they experience it once, then they know what that feeling is. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so trying to set up uh, situations where they can succeed. There's so many, like, in warm-up exercises and stuff, like, oh, you, everybody hears something and they're like oh i can't do this i don't know how oh boy i'm gonna suck at this and then they do it and it's like see of course you can of course you can don't get don't don't put a mental hurdle up yeah i you heard know? that there is a a trick that some film directors use when they are starting production on a film where the first day they shoot the easiest thing they plan to have the easiest shoot the first day so that everyone gets that under their belt and they can say, awesome. oh, okay, I did that. Yeah, I've I heard George Clooney talking about it somewhere. And uh, that is a good method. I see how it can work in improv as well because so many people, when they're showing up for practice or for a class, they're just nervous that they're going to do stuff wrong. So if you do of give course. them something that they can do easily and succeed at, then they can just sort of let that fall off their shoulders, that stress. Yeah, show them examples of them succeeding and then it just expedites the process, <laughs> you know. As people right. have with confidence comes good work, not overconfidence, but just confidence, like being okay with it, you know. Right. Because overconfidence okay can overconfidence can get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's when people get cocky and they start bulldozing the scene. Oh yeah, bum rushing. We call that we call that bum rushing. We're yeah. Like, oh gosh. Yeah. Just uh, that's an eye roll. It is a big eye roll situation. You never know what to do. <laughs> I never know how to help the scene. <laughs> You're like, oh boy, oh boy, here we go. Uh, yeah, someone's all about themselves right now. And you there's know? a there's a difference between bulldozing and being all about yourself and being fast. There was someone that was telling me 
that there's, when you're performing with new people, especially very experienced people, there is matching their skill level, and then there's also matching their pace. Those are separate things. It's pace that's just so quick. Uh, If somebody is playing with you or Greg, your pace is really up there. It's really fast. You're not bulldozing. You're just fast because you've been doing it for so long. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I like that uh, uh, pace versus uh, in skill. That's, that's, that's interesting. Good one, Jason. Well, I can't take credit for it. My buddy Jake Sharon mentioned it to me right before oh, awesome. our show once. But And he's right. And I'm wondering if, you know, now that we're talking about it, is there any sort of, because we're going into a festival here. So now that we're I know, talking about it, oh, go ahead. Great festival. Love the festival. We, uh, my friend Jennifer and I went and we did hot pants there last year. You were there. Uh, yeah, uh, Justine and I were front row laughing our heads Yeah, off. yeah, yeah. That's such a fun, y'all, y'all got a good thing going on. It's we awesome. do. It's our third annual one. We're really looking forward to it. And this is, we're in the middle of it right now, actually. <sighs> oh, I feel for you. I know that's a, that's a interesting time. It Stressful. is. Well, now that we're talking about pace and and the fact that there's a festival going on and I'll be playing with people and other people uh, will be one day playing with someone that they don't normally play with who's at a different pace. How do you try to adjust when you're playing on a at a festival with all these different people? Um, Well, I think the first thing is just making the uh, turning the switch to I'm going to play with a bunch of people I've never played with, like acknowledging that first, like in a real way, not, um, so it's kind of like, okay, this is going to be different from what I usually do and, and being okay with that. And then kind of, you know, because I'm sure Greg talked about this as well, like how we start the top scenes is the first person that goes out, gets the first line. So we have time to set things up because we don't have to worry about someone, the second person coming in and immediately start talking. So I'm like, okay, throw that out the window in a jam, you know, like things are, it's going to move quicker. It's not, everybody plays differently. Right. So, um, I kind of go in going, Hey, let's see what happens. Talk about really relaxed Mm -hmm. with focus. (laughs) I think I turn up the relaxed part, um, and go, this is, this is going to be what it's going to be. And it's going to have some magical moments, but there's probably going to be some sloppiness too, you know, which is fine. Yeah. You know, because they're jams. You know, right, the word it's a jam. jam. No one's expecting yeah. the best when it's yeah. people, six people who've never played t- together uh, on the stage right. together. Yeah, it's a jam. It's, it could be a really cool musical thing, but jam is also very smushed up, you know? So it's it could be either one, the smushed up berries or the really cool musical thing. Right. How do you look at it? I mean, how do you look at it when you go in in a jam situation? My experience has been, oh my gosh, I get to play with this person. I'm definitely going to get out there and just see what happens. So I I take an approach of if I have an idea, then I'll maybe bring somebody out with me and just initiate the idea. And then I know that they're going to, because they're all these great people from all over the country, I know that they're going to support me. So I have nothing to worry about then. When I get a little nervous on stage is when I'm going out and I have to support people who I look up to. I'm like, oh gosh, they're so strong. I don't know if I'm going to mess up their thing or not. So I end up being sometimes maybe too neutral. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes that. Yeah. That makes total sense. Oh yeah. Cause when you get up there with someone, you're like, have super duper respect for you. are like, Oh boy, keep it together. Right. Cool. You know, <laughs> I totally know what you mean. Completely. When you're joining a scene, what is your process? What are you thinking about so that you don't act too neutral? Sometimes people can be too neutral at the top of a scene when they're joining it, but you also don't want to do too much and step on their initiation. Right. What is your process? I try to, uh, like, if someone goes out and and I'm joining them, I'll... uh, I try to sense what emotion they have, but like what is their, their, their emotion right now? I have no idea what they're doing, but I, I, I can connect with an emotion. Also physicality. Um, it, what, a, you know, the physicality of what they're doing, I will, you know, match that in some way. Not like, Hey, we're both dancing the same dance step. Not like that, but just try to, you know, get in that general make believe world because it's, it's, um, 
it's like make it's like making jello you know that's the beginning and it's going to congeal but just got to connect there at the beginning but yeah i would say emotionally and physically i'm going to try to like so that i don't look super neutral and just like i'm just standing there looking for any little inkling to mm-hmm. connect to that's why strong offers and by strong i don't mean like over the top crazy anything like that but just that has a little something that uh, your partner can grab onto. So I'm just looking for any tiny thing. And it's usually emotion or physicality, you know, yeah, I to, think connecting with the emotion is something that is maybe underdone in some circles, but whenever I see it, I always feel like this scene is automatically better than so many scenes that I see. You know, I agree. I was just talking about it last night in class. Cause people someone uh they were uh, they were being in a scene and, and the character like started kind of crying you know mm-hmm. and they'd already developed a nice relationship it wasn't an argument it wasn't it was good but uh, after the scene i was like you know i bet that felt weird did it feel weird to be crying like that and they're like yeah I felt kind of, and it's like it looks awesome realize it, it's not in real life you're doing improv so right. when you emotion is what makes good scenes great i think um you know, you don't have to, but when you, when emotions used, it's oh, so nice. It's what we connect to, you know, as an audience. Right, I love it. Oh yeah, vulnerability. Yeah, it's, it's relatability. It's it's what art is is expressing something uh, deep, and that takes a lot of vulnerability. Yeah, and you know, and, and you know, guys uh, uh, who can be, you know, like I feel like women have a more you know, I don't know, innate thing about being emotional on stage. Maybe it's how we're designed. I don't know. But, uh, but when guys do it, it is, it, it's very, I mean, it's, it's, it's a powerful thing mm-hmm. when a guy in terms of like, Oh man, that's so funny because that character that was showing emotion. And it, it seems like I love it when, when guys do it, that's you know, fun. Greg's really great at it. He is really great at, at picking hey. up on emotion. He, he, there was a scene yeah. I saw with him and Zach Ward in January at the festival that you all threw. Oh, and yeah, yeah. It was a scene where Zach had come out first and established a, a clear mood and emotion. And then uh-huh. Greg came out and just matched it. And it was it ended up being a crazy scene, but it was so fun. <laughs> it was so great. Yeah, yeah. And emotion, again, like to you know, connect in that way is, is awesome. Yeah. So it's, I think it's universal for all improvisers, but I guess because I'm teaching a level one right now, I'm thinking about, you know, sometimes the guys in my class, it's, it, it's a little bit more of a hurdle for them to get over to connect with that emotion and yeah. then be super successful. And then they kill it. It's great. What are some ways, because I'm coaching a team right now, when people are having that hurdle of getting vulnerable and, and expressing emotion, what are some things that you do to help them get over that hurdle? Mm, that's a good question. Is it giving them something easy to do that's a step before being that vulnerable? You know, I, I, I don't know because a lot of times it's like the classes I teach, like in that, in that situation, it's more we do the warm-up and then we do scene work and then we get, you know, we nitpick and go through the individual scenes. So it reminds me, like if someone's not emoting, the uh that walk exercise have you mm-hmm. ever done that where everybody walks around and say walks. like say uh you're walking around it's like all right happy and then yeah. and, and no one they're not pantomiming while they're going they're just walking the essence mm-hmm. of happy and just immediately you see the shift of like feeling that that feeling yeah that affects the way you step. walk <laughs> yeah. and then you then you go back to neutral and then everybody's walking neutral and then you go hey all right sad and you see how that affects mm-hmm. you. But so, so it gives the, a great example of like, if you allow yourself to tap into that, because we all have those emotions, mm-hmm. open, up, open yourself up to feeling that and then look how easy it makes it. Improv gets so much easier. That's right. a big thing for me. Like, make it easy on yourself. Use what you have. Emotion, physicality. You know, it's not just your brain. Because if it was just thinking of funny things to say that I can't think of anything more stressful on stage you know wow yeah Um, you're i mean i'm not trying to blow smoke but you are so funny on stage that it it would appear that 
you are just that good at saying funny things. So the fact that that's not oh. even what you're thinking about. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, thing it, uh, I mean, I guess things just happen when you're in the, when you're in the, uh, the scene, you know, and you're connected and, mm-hmm. and just fun stuff's happening. You're going to say funny, your things, funny things are going to happen. Yeah. For you know? sure. And I think having an interesting perspective helps with that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you learn you learn by doing you learn a lot by watching, too. Have you oh, found gosh, that yeah. as well? Yes. I, and and sometimes people will say, oh, I can't stand to watch a bad improv show. But, you know, I learned stuff there, too. I mean, it's a challenge. You're looking at something and if it's not working, then you can go, why is this not working? So you're just still growing your thought process. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It could still be a little painful, but um. <laughs> <laughs> it can yeah. be a little painful. I did see a show where I was I could not figure out what was not working because everybody was doing what they should have been doing. But for some reason, it still wasn't working. And that was just breaking my brain. Just wasn't working. <laughs> God, you, have you, I, mean, I don't know if you've had these nights, but we've had some uh, nights where, you, you know, everything's great. Fun, fun, warm, warm up, great time in the green room, laughing it up. And then you go out there and do it. And it, it, I don't know if it's an audience, the, you know, the, the energy between us and the audience or just, just this unspoken, unidentifi- uh, unidentifiable thing happens. And it's like, damn, that was a lot of work yeah. tonight. You know, uh, every once in a while you get those and man, they make you appreciate the good nights. You know, I, I think you got to have a bad show here and there to remind you, you know, of like, oh, the good ones are so good. Yes. <laughs> you know, and so much yeah, fun. Yeah, you need that perspective. If it always yeah, goes gotta, well, then, you know, the a good show is maybe not as significant to you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also the, uh, like, being able to analyze uh, yourself. It's easy to analyze how a group is doing, but to personally analyze not overly and like beat yourself up kind of stuff, but going, you know what? I, mm, I, I did that. Uh, Ooh, I'm sorry. You know what? I did that move. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to do that. Like being able to acknowledge when what you do isn't, uh, isn't good or, you know what I mean? Uh, I think that's, I think you learn a lot by being able to self-analyze too and be okay with, you know, not getting it right every time. Right. I'm super analytical, almost to a fault, but I, I learned several yeah. years ago how to use my analytical brain for the good of me and those around good. me. Good. But good. It's, That's it's awesome. Took, yeah, it took 30-some years. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> It does. But, ta- I mean, it, it takes a while not to, to be able to take that and make you better versus beating yourself up, you mm-hmm. know? How do you That's avoid great. beating yourself up, though? What did, For me, it was kind of accepting how I was and how much I process things and then saying no to negative thoughts. But I don't know how to help other people avoid beating themselves up after a bad show sometimes. I just say, oh, what? well, I think you're being too hard on yourself, but that doesn't ever seem to help. Well, you know, there's always, and, and talking to other people, it's like, you know what, you're going to get to go up there and uh, do it right the next time. You know, if there's a next time. There's always that. So it's like, hey, analyze it. Be okay with it. Like whether you get a note from a coach or a director or uh, from yourself, just um, get past it. You know, acknowledge it. Use it. There's a place for it that's positive. But when you feel like it's a getting negative, like you got to let it go. You know, get over it and and just you're going to get to do it again and it'll be better, you know, and just believe that. Yeah, that is a good method. I, I remember hearing Adam Sandler talk about the difference between working on SNL and making a movie. Is that with a movie, you can work on something for a year, then you put it out and it's a huge dud and people hate it. But you have a long time until you can make another movie or get another movie out there. With SNL, it was week to week. If you had a bad sketch, he could always tell himself, ah, I'll get him next week. Yeah, I'll be Opera Man next week, right? right, right. <laughs> I'll kill it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, the immediacy of getting to do it. That you know, there's there's another one right around the corner at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's 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 true. Golly, I can't imagine working on something for a year and then it coming out and that whole process. I guess being yeah. in theater and stuff is just so uh, different. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with 
a play, you can work on that for a few months, but the writer worked on it to make sure audiences like that way before you come along as the actor to be in it. And then in improv, of course, you can perform a couple times a week if you're lucky. Or at least once or twice a month. So there's still more immediacy than if uh, you're in a movie or something like that. Absolutely. And they're so different. Because I don't don't do anything really like that at all. Do you do like film stuff or I've done uh, mostly commercials and and videos like that but I haven't cool I've done like one film yeah and I wasn't I used to be interested in it yeah yeah I am I used to be interested in it yeah I used to be and then I was like I don't know if I want to I don't huh I don't really this doesn't make me super happy but uh being in a theater and and performing live definitely does you know i kind of got to a point yeah it's such a different uh medium completely completely but people kind of meld them together so people that do both i'm like that's really awesome yeah and love both i'm like that's super cool yeah it's improv can be a really good training ground for film and certain shoots you can have uh one line that you have to deliver at this specific time that it's it's cut up it can be cut up in such a way that you don't really get to act like you do in theater where you have all this time to sort of stay with an emotion and and bring it out yeah. sometimes it's just uh, let me get you to say that line <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> and uh-huh, you have to be yeah. fully there and fully present in the scene and be this character right. for 3 seconds <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's exactly. It's hard to your really, dog. as an actor, feel like you're doing it, <laughs> like you're uh-huh. actually yeah, acting. Yeah, it's a skill. It is a it is a separate skill, I think. You know, and improv definitely helps. I, I I think for sure. You know how it's 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 always been considered, you know, building block for acting. Mm-hmm. But it's cool how it's become its own art form. I love that it's its own itself. art form, yeah. Yeah, and we've all got to live through that because it didn't used to be like that. It's a cool, it's a cool time to be alive in the improv world. It you is, know, yeah. Well, there's so much that you can check out. There's so many theaters, and they're popping up all over the country, and there's so many festivals yeah. that people can go to. Yeah, and the people are nice. You know, it's it, you, meet, yeah. you meet a lot of friends, and yeah, very yeah, rarely have I run into somebody who didn't seem all that nice. It was really like two yeah. times I've run into people yeah. who who I wasn't. Yeah, so sure I, about. I feel you. Yeah, and and usually you're not the only one who feels that way. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I find I love uh, the eclectic nature of the improv community. I don't, I, y'all seem to have an eclectic group up there in Greenville. I know we down do, here, yeah. it's like, we've got a variety of people, which I love that, um, that there are just so many different people who are really had this one thing in common, you know, yeah. to become your friends and family. It's cool. Very cool. Yeah. So you do have an eclectic theater there. You have all these different people from walks of life. When you started the theater, and you had your process. This was something I talked a little bit about with Greg when he was on yeah. the podcast about how you all curate your performers and how you make sure that you present the kind of theater that you want to present. What is going on through your mind? Because you're on the front lines there teaching 101. What are you looking mm-hmm. for and what are you trying to develop? Uh, well, in a teaching level, want to introduce everybody who has any inkling of like, I'd like to try that for any idea of um, preconceived idea about improv, like introducing them to it, you know, like, Hey, yeah, definitely, definitely. And then as things, you know, uh, as, as levels proceed in the training program, you know, there are always going to be those who like uh, are, are better at it maybe, or, um, it's 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 weird it's that development process and everybody develops at different speeds you know some people are like woo at two levels and wow they're they're really good they're ready for a paying audience that's what that's what we're looking for is people who can perform in front of a paid audience uh um and so there's 
there's really no one thing that we're looking for. It it kind of presents itself. Right. You know, like someone once said, like, uh, yeah, I, that that's definitely it. That it it, ha- it it happens to us, not us going you you. It, it's does that make sense? No, that makes sense. Yeah. Because what Greg was saying in the episode I did with Greg, him. And by the way, Greg is so good at, he is the pull quote king. Yeah. He can say things like this. He's great at that. I'm always <laughs> like, there's my pull quote king. You know, but yeah, yeah, what did he say? What well, he, say? He, was, he was saying that you two have your beliefs and your approach to improv and the people who fit within that are the ones that you end up grabbing. So it, it it does make sense what you're saying, that you're not standing there and saying no to you and no to you. It's just who is filtering through. Right, right, yeah. That's, see, leave it to Greg. Leave it to the pull quote, King. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's 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 funny. And, and we also, if someone is not at the place where they are at a level to be a company member and perform, regularly here that if people let us know that they that what their goals are we're all about helping people reach their goals so it's not there's never a door that's shut it's like okay well let's see what we can do to encourage and help this person reach their goals you know we're right. we're all about helping people get better for sure right oh yeah that's and that's a wonderful method and i'm not surprised yeah because like i was the, just about to ask how you all handle the rejection side of running a theater and casting shows it like how- is it, it, the, casting wise casting wise i feel like we've got a great balance like uh we get availability and we and we roster weekly based on the the grid that is the giant availability chart so we try to be very very fair um, it, that's our big thing is being fair um, to everybody to make sure that they're reaching their personal goals and their um, their goals as a company member, you know, as part of the group. So because there's definitely that balance. You, people want to uh, they've got personal goals and ensemble goals. So we try to constantly balance that um, in terms of people getting in the company or not. That is a very that to me is very um difficult at mm-hmm. personally. Um, I know that it's the nature of the beast, but it's still always very um, hard because we're, we're such yes people right. that when you have to say no, but you know, let's try it again. And another time, you know, the door isn't shut. It's just, you know, cracked it. That, that for me personally is, is, um, is hard. Yeah. But I would imagine. I own it. Part of the I reason why it. I asked the question, it's, <laughs> it seems like it would be really tough and sometimes yeah. you do just have to give the no, but it's not the end of the world. I mean, I was just talking to no. Harrison Brookie about being able to accept no. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that some people are are great at it. And then some people, it really, it really hurts them in their heart. And you just like, oh, you don't want to do that. But right. it's the, that's kind of the nature of, of what, what we do. And that the, the improv journey is, you know, no is, no is part of it sometimes. And, um, but you know, th- like for instance, uh, the improv practice group here, did Greg talk about that at all? No, a, I don't recall. We may have. Remind it's us. a cool thing. Yeah. It's a cool thing that's evolved out of people because there was a gap between classes and they finished class and they're like, Oh, I want to keep going. I want to keep, I want to keep going. The, uh, a group started, this has been several years ago now, but on Monday nights, they meet every week every Monday and it's anybody's welcome and they meet at different places. Whoever has a spot where they can um, get together and every Monday it happens. So everybody who's in the classes, we always tell them like, you should all, you know, if you're having fun in the classes, you should also go to IPG every Monday. So that's a whole other, the, that's a whole other extension of the improv community. And they have a group improv practice group every uh, month in our blast off series. They have a show. Like they can put together their own group and um, uh, and do do a show too. So it's like we're tr- constantly trying to like, hey, be an all inclusive thing. Does that makes sense. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's fun. You talked about helping people reach their personal goals. Is there ever a time where you have to maybe 
give the tough note or crack the whip to get people to achieve their personal goals, just to get them to be more disciplined? And if so, how do you handle that? Well, uh, in terms of uh, personal goals, yeah, I mean, if they're not doing it, like, like for instance, on Wednesday nights, we get, we do notes after shows, um, and w- which is a great opportunity for people to, you know, get positive and it, well, it's all positive feedback in the end, because even if it comes off negative, it's, it's to help. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we give notes and, and then we literally watch like, okay, you can address it the next show, whether or not it was done or not. Like, but you know what? You did that thing again. So try this next time, blah, blah, blah. Um, try to direct them in the right, right way. And also with our company members, we have um, a thing that we offer called a two-on-one where a company member can say, hey, I want to do a two-on-one. And we block off an hour during our, our work day and they come in and they talk about what they want to work on. And then we'll do some exercises uh, that align with, with that thing they want to work on and do scenes together, the three of us. And those are really helpful. So people can always reach out and go, hey, I want to do that. And um, we find them very helpful. A lot of times they're the best scenes that we do all week in shows are in <laughs> yeah. two-on-ones. So I find that, that that helps. But that's also based on someone being open to hearing, you know, like, right. I, want to, I want to get better at this. But I feel like as an improviser, that's, that's part of your responsibility to get better is to be okay with asking, right. you know? and wanting that that kind of feedback. I think you struck on something so true when you said that all the notes are good notes. They're all positive notes, rather, is how you phrase it. Uh, Yeah. But you really struck on something when you said all notes are positive notes because you are trying to help somebody. I think that is an important distinction for people to realize. I heard a business owner give a, a talk once, and he was saying, to everyone there take feedback the some people will only take positive feedback take the negative feedback too even some of the mean feedback because sometimes there's Absolutely. a kernel of truth in there yeah and uh-huh, uh-huh. that's how you're gonna grow when you say what is the experience people are having and if somebody is saying something and you see this online all the time where someone's overly negative and overly mean-spirited <laughs> but yes they had an experience and what part of it is something that could have happened. And then you need to make any sort of changes to keep that sort of thing from happening. You can't really worry about how someone else responds to something, of course, but you have to be able to give that sort of feedback and people have, who are in a position of receiving feedback really should take the responsibility of receiving that feedback well. Absolutely. You're, yeah, you said it exactly. And for Greg and I, we both come from the theater. You know, we, we think, I mean, what we have here is a, is a theater. It's not a comedy club. People call it a comedy club. Outside, I'm like, I, I stopped fighting the fight. Right. I don't even try to correct them anymore. But it's like we're, we're a theater. So the idea of getting notes, that's what you do in plays. That, that's right. what you do in theater. You get notes. <laughs> that's, that's that's so, my background know, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like after, that's what you do. After a show, yeah, that's, that's what's supposed yeah. to happen. And you should want them, you know. But I, but I also know that you know there's a a, a good percentage of of people who are involved with improv and here at the Arena not who've never done a play. So right. it's they're kind of learning about that process as well. And it might be a little jarring at first, but but not. Uh, but most people are, are are really cool about it, actually. Yeah, I think one of the mistakes I made was giving notes one time, and when it seemed like it was jarring, then the next time I didn't give notes, and then maybe I gave notes again. And you have to be consistent if you're the coach or the instructor. You have to be consistent with giving those notes so that they understand, well, this is the culture. Yeah, this that, that's, that's how you do it, and it's a good thing. It and is no a good one thing. Here, and the thing is, uh, you know, Greg and I are the co-artistic directors, and as the leaders, n- neither of us are on a power trip. You know, we, we're coming at it from an all love. You know, let's let's be supportive. I mean, that's just how we naturally feel. We don't have to work hard at that. That's just who we are when it comes to theater and on. No power trips here. No power trips. <laughs> no power trips. <laughs> <laughs> well, this sounds like a good time to try to create something together at the end of a podcast. I like to create something with the, with the guest. Uh, When Greg was on, we did a little 
uh, game that he plays with his kids. I believe and, that. Uh, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> just like singing a, the silly little song. Uh, but what would awesome. you like to create? Oh boy, um, let's let's do a. Uh, oh, okay. You know what? Let's be uh, used car dealers. We own a used car lot. And we're do and we're this is our commercial for getting people to come to the car lot. <laughs> okay, what's the name of the car lot? <laughs> well, what do you want it to be? Let's think. You say a word. Uh, let's see. I keep wanting to say used. Let's see. Okay. But it should be our names, right? How? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about uh? So, uh, so Creslo. About, that's my name. Creslo. Yeah, Creslo Dollar's been on my mind, so that's what's coming out. Creslo. My name is Creslo. Creslo. Okay, you're Creslo. Well, um, I'll be, um, I'll be, uh, I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be Maddie. Maddie. Okay. <laughs> Maddie. Creslo and Maddie. All right. Do okay. you need a new car? Well, if you do, have we got a deal for you? We have all the deals. We got Toyotas. We got Hondas. We've got other vehicles because this is a used car lot. That's right, Creslo. Here, here at Creslo Matty Motors, we got it all. We've got things with three tires, two tires, one tire. Heck, we've even got things with, we've got bicycles. We got bicycles with two tires, three tires, four tires. Some of those four-tire ones aren't called bicycles. That's exactly right. And when you come down now, you'll get a free car or bike wash for life. Everybody loves to take advantage of that. Isn't that right, Creslo? That's right, and if you come before Thanksgiving, you'll get a free cup of coffee. Ooh-wee, what a deal. You're kidding with me, aren't you, Creslo? I'm not kidding with you, Maddie. I can't anymore. They don't let me do that in the ads ever since I told them they'd get an elephant. That's exactly right. Boy, that was fun while it lasted, wasn't it? It was. I got it from a Simpsons episode. (laughs) Everybody's inspired by everybody. Hey, you know, well, come on down here and come on down to Creslo Maddie Motors and get yourself a new used something. Something that's going to give you some more of something. Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. I think there's a radio play in our future, Jason. There is. Yes, Creslo and Maddie. (laughs) Creslo Maddie Motors. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks for asking me. Number two. Yay. (laughs) That's awesome. Awesome indeed, as is Brandy Sullivan. She is very awesome. I hope you learned a lot from that. I did. I really thoroughly enjoyed that talk. And if you want to know more about Theater 99, go to theater99.com. That's theater with an R-E. They are in Charleston, South Carolina, a great city to visit. So if you ever do go visit, definitely stop by the Theater 99 stage and watch some amazing performances. You'll find out show information on their website. Find out more about what we're doing here, thereitispod.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at thereitispod. We'd really appreciate that. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Jokes. so do that as well. Thanks so much for being here. Very fun episode for you next week. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.